Hello and God bless you. This is Evangelist Ronnie Casillas with Sounding Out to the Nations. Uh, today I want to welcome you to this program. Uh, I've titled my um, message this morning, Pregnant with Triplets, Power, Passion, and Promise. From Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, we're going to read today. Scripture says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I heard the story of the carnival director who was interviewing uh, a young man looking for his first job. He was applying as a magician. What's your best trick? The director asked him. He said, sawing a woman in half. That's my best trick of all. Isn't that a difficult trick? Well, not really. I've been able to do that one since I was a child. I've been doing it for a long time. I always used to practice on my sisters. And so the director asked him, he says, well, do you come from a large family? He says, well, I have eight half-sisters. <laughs> oh, sometimes I think we operate as a half-church. The church has stopped believing in itself. We are a people called to do great works for God, and yet we have come to believe our circumstances, our conditions, and our cares. If we were to make an impact, and are to make an impact, on and in this world, we must be a house on fire. We must be a people that will fan the fire in our walk, in our church, and in the kingdom. This morning's message is titled, Pregnant with Triplets, Power, Passion, and Praise. I heard about three men who were expectantly in the hospital waiting room. Uh, they were expecting uh, a child at any moment, and a nurse from the maternity wing entered the room. She said to the first man, congratulations, you're the father of twins. The man explained, what a wonderful coincidence. I play baseball for the Minnesota Twins baseball team. To the second man, the nurse said, congratulations, you're the father of triplets. The man replied, that's quite a coincidence too. He says, I work for the 3M company and I have triplets. What a coincidence. At this point, the third man began to look very nervous. The nurse asked him what was wrong, and he replied, I'm a bit worried now. You see, I'm a manager of a 7-Eleven convenience store, and if they had twins, triplets uh, related to the companies they work for, boy, I'm kind of fearful of what's going to happen with my wife birthing uh, children today. Am I going to have 7 or 11? <laughs> So I uh, remember ministering in Tijuana, uh, Mexico, and just right off of the uh, border there, um, adjacent to San Diego, California. And I was ministering a, a revival there for a church and good friends of ours. And, 
And uh, at that time, I didn't know how to speak very well and um, very good Spanish. So I had an interpreter interpreting for me. And um, he, uh, uh, we got to the end where during the altar ministry, I began to prophesy over people. And I called out this young lady. And um, uh, the Lord gave me a word for her. And that's where this message birthed from. The message was that she was pregnant with triplets. And, um, and the interpreter did not interpret or translate my message to her. I said, what's wrong? I said, tell her she's pregnant with triplets. And he refused to do that. And I said, what's the matter, man? I said, I said uh, it's so simple. Just tell her that she's pregnant with triplets. And uh, at that time, I looked back at him and his knees were uh, wobbly and shaking. And he was nervous. He was fearful. And I could tell he was afraid to deliver that word. And and uh, I, I went ahead and translated them, began to translate the message in Spanish myself. And um, I asked the lady, the young lady, I said, I don't know what's wrong with him. I said, I've asked him to translate three times this message that you're pregnant with triplets and he refuses to do that. And uh, I look at him and he's still shaking there and uh, back behind me. And, and the young lady looks at him and looks at me and says, she says, look, I know why he's refusing to um, translate that message. He's fearful. He's afraid. And I said, afraid of what? She said, well, you see, that's my husband that's translating for you. And he thought that I was talking about physical, natural triplets that were going to be born from her womb. And I was really speaking about spiritual triplets. Uh, and I was about to say passion, power, and praise to her. Um, and so I got a big kick out of that. And, you know, some of the churches still to this day are laughing at him and with him about that mistake that he uh, almost made there and or that he made. Um, it's so funny. Um, and he's so still embarrassed by that. Uh, but we're to be an expectant church. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, this morning, I want to tell you we're expecting triplets. We, the church of the living God, are to be an expectant church. Triplets, three things that we're expecting that will make us a house on fire. Power, passion, and promise. The first triplet, the first baby to be birthed is power. We're pregnant with power today. Power over what? Well, power over the flesh. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. God has broken the power that sin had over us. Not only were our sins paid for, but we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. We were in bondage. Not only did we have a debt, but that there was also a link, a chain, or a bondage. See, the law of sin and death had us bound in the flesh. Flesh says it's about me, myself, and I. The Savior of the nations both paid the price and also broke sin's power. 
As Martin Luther King once said in a famous speech, free at last, free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. We can cry that same speech or speak that same phrase today in, in sincerity. Free at last, free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. See, the nature of the flesh is flesh. No exceptions, no distinction, no amount of education or improvement or cultivation or morality or religion. None can turn the flesh from being flesh. No human power can alter the flesh. The new birth does not transform the flesh. That which is flesh is flesh, the scripture says. God did not give us the Holy Spirit to educate and train the flesh. God has given us the power to overcome sin, flesh, and its appetites. When he placed his spirit in us, he freed us once and for all from sin and death. You're pregnant today with power. Power to be free from the lure or the appetites of sin. Power to break the grip of sin and flesh. We're pregnant with power. Three things we're expecting that will make us a house on fire. It's power. Second baby is passion. There's passion. We're pregnant with passion. God gives us passion for the purposes of God. God sees to that by placing His Spirit in us. In Romans 8, 11, same chapter, it says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. He quickens you. He brings you to life. He... he, he uh, stirs up something in your spirit. See, we're consumed with the purposes of God as we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit daily. Too many of us have our lives run according to finances or time. See, it's time to fan the flames of passion by allowing the purposes of God to consume you. There is a calling on each and every one of you. Yes, there is a calling on each and every one of us that are born again, children of the living God. He's looking for a man who will answer the call. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a teenager or even a child today. Call. There's a call upon each and every one of us. In America, we answer the phone by saying hello. In Germany, they say their last name. For instance, my name is Casillas. The phone would ring. They would answer and say, Casillas. In Denmark, they would say, Ronnie Casillas. In Russia, they would answer the phone by saying, I'm listening. In France, they answer the phone by saying, Hello, who's on the line? In Spain, they answer the phone by saying, Speak. In China, they answer by saying, Hey, hey, who are you? But there's only one way you answer the King of Kings and the King of Glory. It's by saying, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. It's by praising Him and honoring Him. It's by worshiping the King of all. God gives us passion for the purposes of God. And He puts a response in us uh, uh, that will say yes to God as he, as he quickens our minds and our hearts to answer the call, to obey Him, to guide us into that destiny that He's charted out for our lives. God also gives us passion for prayer. Not only does He give us a passion for 
uh, the purposes of God as he quickens us, but he also gives us a passion for prayer. He consumes us with a yearning for relationship with God Almighty. Listen to Romans 8 verse 26 same chapter it says likewise the spirit also helpeth helps our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to but the spirit itself makes intercession intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered verse 27 says and he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, we don't even know what we should pray for, but God places His Spirit in us uh, to to quicken us in a way, to make intercession through us, um, to... to uh, operate for us to operate in the spirit when it comes to prayer so we're not praying our kingdom come our will be done but we're praying his kingdom come and his will be done because god gives us passion for prayer i've seen many many miracles in prayer i've seen god answer prayers uh mind-boggling prayers i've i've i've, I've prayed for people at altars and they've been healed i've seen the blind eyes open and the deaf ears to hear uh, i've seen the paralytic walk again and talk again and um just the other day i was in ecuador ministering and um i prayed for the pastor's wife where i was preaching and and um uh, i gave her a word of knowledge that she was to forgive forgive um people of of their sin against her and she had heard in her in her heart and in her life um, from a long time back and the next day she came up to the altar as i began to preach she said pastor i've got a testimony she said last night as you uh, began to tell me that i needed to forgive people of their hurting me she said it was as if the doors were opening and this unforgiveness was just flying out from inside my heart. She said, I know I've been healed. And she said, I'm a different person today. I have a smile. You know, uh, pastors can be hurt. Pastors' wives can be hurt and bitter. And uh, God wants to heal you. And God wants, to, and he uses prayer, folks. When God quickens you to pray for somebody, Know that you know in your knower that God is wanting you to pray because God is wanting to move in somebody's life close to you. And so God gives us passion. There's a baby in you uh, called power and there's a baby in you called passion. The third baby uh, that we have is the baby called promise. You're pregnant with promise. Romans 8, 17, same chapter, says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ Jesus. We've been adopted into the family of God, and we have an inheritance which cannot be disannulled. It's all ours by the promises of God, the Bible says. Everything that Christ died to attain is rightfully ours. All authority, rightfully ours. All blessings, rightfully ours we are joint heirs with him in christ jesus see anything that is his is ours 
Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. In the Old Testament, He's known by His name. He's the I am that I am. Someone once said that name means he has left a check blank for us to fill with one need or our need. If you're sick, I am the healer. If you're impoverished, I am the provider. If you are defeated, he says, I am Jehovah Nissi. I'm your banner. I'm your victory. Uh, I'm your shield. And so I've been studying the I am's in the Bible. I am God and I am returning, John 14, 3 says. Aren't you glad about that, that Jesus is returning back for us? Scripture says, I am God and I want you to believe in me, Isaiah 43 and 10. I am God who places your tears in my bottle, in my book, Psalm 56, verse 8. I am the Lord, the fear of me is a fountain of life, Proverbs 14, 27. I am God, who my secrets are with those who fear me. Psalm 25, verse 14. I am eternally blind to what sins I have forgiven. Psalm 103, verse 12. I am so glad about that verse there. I'm eternally blind to what sins I have forgiven. And he's forgiven any that are brought under the blood of the Lamb of God. He, it's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jeremiah 32, verse 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. He is, is there anything too hard for me? I am God. Nothing you face is too difficult for me, is what he says. I am God. No mountain is too high for me. I am God. No challenge is too great for me. I am God. No prayer need is impossible for me. I am the Lord, and my voice is powerful and full of majesty. The commercial that ran for years uh, in the in, in the past 20 so years ago when E.F. Hutton speaks people listen uh, E.F. Hutton of course was a great um, uh, banker and and investor and and uh, the the saying was that that when E.F. Hutton speaks people listen and so I'm here to tell you that today when God speaks the whole creation listens see the church is pregnant with promise and potential because of the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. We've been given authority to operate in His name, to pray in His name, to minister in His name, to declare, decree, and proclaim the promises of God in His name, the mighty name of Jesus. He's been given a name which is above all names, the greatest name this side of heaven. Sickness has to yield to it. Oppression has to flee from it. Satan has to bow to the name of Jesus. His name is greater than any cancer, greater than any diabetes, or greater than any heart disease today. So you see, the name of Beethoven opens the door of music. The name of Einstein opens the door of science. The name of Rockefeller opens the door of finances. The name of Gates opens the door of to the internet highway but the name of Jesus opens the doors of heaven and shuts the gates of hell aren't you glad about that today aren't you glad that the promises of God hinge on the name of Jesus and you cannot fail 
by proclaiming the name of Jesus over your circumstances, over the challenges that you face, and over the situations that are around you. The name of Jesus. In conclusion, I just want to remind you that we, the Church of the Living God, is pregnant with power, passion, and promise. A man who lived a homeless life from the age of 13 when his father died now lay on his deathbed at 65 years of age. He suffered throughout his adult life, living in poverty. He lived a homeless life. He lived on the streets. He lived without, without a home, without money, without family. His brother found out and visited him at the hospital. He said, why did you run from the house? He said, well, when my dad died, our dad died, my mom's, our mom said I would have to quit school and work to support the family. He said, you suffered, you fool, without money, without your, a home, without family. Didn't you know that dad was a very wealthy man and he left you a great inheritance? You see, in the promise with the church, as I believe, that we've been given so much by God. We've been given passion, power, and promise. There's so much that God has given to us, so much that God has promised to us, that are promises that are still unfulfilled. Just like that man that had an inheritance that would have given him a great life in the natural. Uh, We, the church, are living without the inheritance that God has given us. You know, we believe that an inheritance is designed to, to be given when a person dies. Of course it is in the natural. In the spiritual Somebody has already died. His name is Jesus. And we're the heirs of his inheritance. They rightfully belong to us. Just birth that baby today. Birth those triplets. Have your babies today in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we ask your blessings upon the listener today. We pray, O God, that you would fulfill the promises of God upon their lives. Lord God, that they would be filled with passion, Lord God. Passion for the purposes of God. They're not accidents waiting to happen, Lord God, but there's a purpose and a destiny for their life. Passion for prayer, Lord God, that their relationship with you would become living very alive, O God, and powerful and virtuous. And Lord God, that the power of God would manifest daily in their lives as they walk in miracles. I pray this in the name of Jesus, and I declare it and proclaim it over the listener's life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello and God bless you. This is Evangelist Ronnie Casillas with Sounding Out to the Nations. Uh, today I want to welcome you to this program. Uh, I've titled my um, message this morning, Pregnant with Triplets, Power, Passion, and Promise. From Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 4, we're going to read today. 
Scripture says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I heard the story of the carnival director who was interviewing uh, a young man looking for his first job. He was applying as a magician. What's your best trick? The director asked him. He said, sawing a woman in half. That's my best trick of all. Isn't that a difficult trick? Well, not really. I've been able to do that one since I was a child. I've been doing it for a long time. I always used to practice on my sisters. And so the director asked him, he says, well, do you come from a large family? He says, well, I have eight half-sisters. <laughs> oh, Sometimes I think we operate as a half-church. The church has stopped believing in itself. We are a people called to do great works for God, and yet we have come to believe our circumstances, our conditions, and our cares. If we were to make an impact and are to make an impact on and in this world, we must be a house on fire. We must be a people that will fan the fire in our walk, in our church, and in the kingdom. This morning's message is titled, Pregnant with Triplets, Power, Passion, and Praise. I heard about three men who were expectantly in the hospital waiting room. Uh, They were expecting uh, a child at any moment, and a nurse from the maternity wing entered the room. She said to the first man, congratulations, you're the father of twins. The man explained, what a wonderful coincidence. I play baseball for the Minnesota Twins baseball team. To the second man, the nurse said, congratulations, you're the father of triplets. The man replied, that's quite a coincidence too. He says, I work for the 3M company and I have triplets. What a coincidence. At this point, the third man began to look very nervous. The nurse asked him what was wrong, and he replied, I'm a bit worried now. You see, I'm a manager of a 7-Eleven convenience store, and if they had twins, triplets uh, related to the companies they work for, boy, I'm kind of fearful of what's going to happen with my wife birthing uh, children today. Am I going to have 7 or 11? (laughs) So I uh, remember ministering in Tijuana, uh, Mexico, and just right off of the uh, border there, um, adjacent to San Diego, California. And I was ministering a a revival there for a church and good friends of ours. And and, uh, at that time, I didn't know how to speak very well. very good Spanish, so I had an interpreter interpreting for me, and um, he, uh, uh, we got to the end where during the altar ministry, I began to prophesy over people, and I called out this young lady, and um, 
the Lord gave me a word for her, and that's where this message birthed from. The message was that she was pregnant with triplets, and um, and the interpreter did not interpret or translate my message to her. I said, what's wrong? I said, tell her she's pregnant with triplets. And he refused to do that. And I said, what's the matter, man? I said, I said, uh, it's so simple. Just tell her that she's pregnant with triplets. And uh, at that time, I looked back at him and his knees were uh, wobbly and shaking. And he was nervous. He was fearful. And I could tell he was afraid to deliver that word. And and. Uh, I, I went ahead and translated them, began to translate the message in Spanish myself. And um, I asked the lady, the young lady, I said, I don't know what's wrong with him. I said, I've asked him to translate three times this message that you're pregnant with triplets and he refuses to do that. And uh, I look at him and he's still shaking there and uh, back behind me. And, and the young lady looks at him and looks at me and says, she says, look, I know why he's refusing to um, translate that message. He's fearful. He's afraid. And I said, afraid of what? She said, well, you see, that's my husband that's translating for you. And he thought that I was talking about physical, natural triplets that were going to be born from her womb. And I was really speaking about spiritual triplets. Uh, and I was about to say passion, power, and praise to her. Um, and so I got a big kick out of that. And, you know, some of the churches still to this day are laughing at him and with him about that mistake that he uh, almost made there and or that he made. Um, it's so funny. Um, and he's so still embarrassed by that. Uh, but we're to be an expectant church, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, this morning, I want to tell you we're expecting triplets. We, the church of the living God, are to be an expectant church. Triplets, three things that we're expecting that will make us a house on fire. Power, passion, and promise. The first triplet, the first baby to be birthed, is power. We're pregnant with power today. Power over what? Well, power over the flesh. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. God has broken the power that sin had over us. Not only were our sins paid for, but we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. We were in bondage. Not only did we have a debt, but that there was also a link, a chain, or a bondage. See, the law of sin and death had us bound in the flesh. Flesh says it's about me, myself, and I. The Savior of the nations both paid the price and also broke sin's power. As Martin Luther King once said in a famous speech, free at last, free at last, thank God I'm free at last. We can cry that same speech or speak that same phrase 
today in, in sincerity. Free at last, free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. See, the nature of the flesh is flesh. No exceptions, no distinction, no amount of education or improvement or cultivation or morality or religion. None can turn the flesh from being flesh. No human power can alter the flesh. The new birth does not transform the flesh. That which is flesh is flesh, the scripture says. God did not give us the Holy Spirit to educate and train the flesh. God has given us the power to overcome sin, flesh, and its appetites. When he placed his spirit in us, he freed us once and for all from sin and death. You're pregnant today with power. Power to be free from the lure or the appetites of sin. Power to break the grip of sin and flesh. We're pregnant with power. Three things we're expecting that will make us a house on fire. It's power. Second baby is passion. There's passion. We're pregnant with passion. God gives us passion for the purposes of God. God sees to that by placing His Spirit in us. In Romans 8, 11, same chapter, it says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. He quickens you. He brings you to life. He... he, he uh, stirs up something in your spirit. See, we're consumed with the purposes of God as we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit daily. Too many of us have our lives run according to finances or time. See, it's time to fan the flames of passion by allowing the purposes of God to consume you. There is a calling on each and every one of you. Yes, there is a calling on each and every one of us that are born again, children of the living God. He's looking for a man who will answer the call. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a teenager or even a child today. Call. There's a call upon each and every one of us. In America, we answer the phone by saying hello. In Germany, they say their last name. For instance, my name is Casillas. The phone would ring. They would answer and say, Casillas. In Denmark, they would say, Ronnie Casillas. In Russia, they would answer the phone by saying, I'm listening. In France, they answer the phone by saying, Hello, who's on the line? In Spain, they answer the phone by saying, Speak. In China, they answer by saying, Hey, hey, who are you? But there's only one way you answer the King of Kings and the King of Glory. It's by saying, yes, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. It's by praising Him and honoring Him. It's by worshiping the King of all. God gives us passion for the purposes of God. And He puts a response in us uh, uh, that will say yes to God as he, as he quickens our minds and our hearts to answer the call, to obey Him, to guide us into that destiny that He's charted out for our lives. God also gives us passion for prayer. Not only does He give us a passion for uh, the purposes of God as He quickens us, but He also gives us a passion for prayer. He consumes us with a yearning for relationship with God Almighty. Listen to Romans 8, verse 26. Same chapter, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth, 
helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit itself makes intercession intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27 says, And he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, we don't even know what we should pray for, but God places His Spirit in us uh, to to quicken us in a way, to make intercession through us, um, to... to uh, operate for us to operate in the spirit when it comes to prayer so we're not praying our kingdom come our will be done but we're praying his kingdom come and his will be done because god gives us passion for prayer i've seen many many miracles in prayer i've seen god answer prayers uh mind-boggling prayers i've i've i've, I've prayed for people at altars and they've been healed i've seen the blind eyes open and the deaf ears to hear Uh, i've seen the paralytic walk again and talk again and um just the other day i was in ecuador ministering and um i prayed for the pastor's wife where i was preaching and and um i gave her a word of knowledge that she was to forgive forgive um people of of their sin against her and she had heard in her in her heart and in her life um, from a long time back and the next day she came up to the altar as i began to preach she said pastor i've got a testimony she said last night as you uh, began to tell me that i needed to forgive people of their hurting me she said it was as if the doors were opening and this unforgiveness was just flying out from inside my heart. She said, I know I've been healed. And she said, I'm a different person today. I have a smile. You know, uh, pastors can be hurt. Pastors' wives can be hurt and bitter. And uh, God wants to heal you. And God wants, to, and He uses prayer, folks. When God quickens you to pray for somebody, Know that you know in your knower that God is wanting you to pray because God is wanting to move in somebody's life close to you. And so God gives us passion. There's a baby in you uh, called power and there's a baby in you called passion. The third baby uh, that we have is the baby called promise. You're pregnant with promise. Romans 8, 17, same chapter, says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ Jesus. We've been adopted into the family of God, and we have an inheritance which cannot be disannulled. It's all ours by the promises of God, the Bible says. Everything that Christ died to attain is rightfully ours. All authority, rightfully ours. All blessings, rightfully ours. We are joint heirs with Him in Christ Jesus. See, anything that is His is ours. Second Corinthians one twenty says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. In the Old Testament, He's known by His name. He's the I am that I am. Someone once said that name means he has left a check blank for us to fill with one need or our need. If you're sick, I am the healer. If you're, 
impoverished, I am the provider. If you are defeated, he says, I am Jehovah Nissi. I'm your banner. I'm your victory. Uh, I'm your shield. And so I've been studying the I am's in the Bible. I am God and I am returning, John 14, 3 says. Aren't you glad about that, that Jesus is returning back for us? Scripture says, I am God and I want you to believe in me, Isaiah 43 and 10. I am God who places your tears in my bottle, in my book, Psalm 56, verse 8. I am the Lord, the fear of me is a fountain of life. Proverbs 14:27 I am God who see, my secrets are with those who fear me Psalm 25 verse 14 I am eternally blind to what sins I have forgiven Psalm 103 verse 12 I am so glad about that verse there I'm eternally blind to what sins I have forgiven and he's forgiven any that are brought under the blood of the Lamb of God. He, it's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jeremiah 32 verse 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. He is, is there anything too hard for me? I am God. Nothing you face is too difficult for me, is what he says. I am God. No mountain is too high for me. I am God. No challenge is too great for me. I am God. No prayer need is impossible for me. I am the Lord, and my voice is powerful and full of majesty. The commercial that ran for years uh, in the in, in the past 20 so years ago when E.F. Hutton speaks people listen uh, E.F. Hutton of course was a great um, uh, banker and an investor and and uh, the the saying was that that when E.F. Hutton speaks people listen and so I'm here to tell you that today when God speaks the whole creation listens see the church is pregnant with promise and potential because of the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. We've been given authority to operate in His name, to pray in His name, to minister in His name, to declare, decree, and proclaim the promises of God in His name, the mighty name of Jesus. He's been given a name which is above all names, the greatest name this side of heaven. Sickness has to yield to it. Oppression has to flee from it. Satan has to bow to the name of Jesus. His name is greater than any cancer, greater than any diabetes, or greater than any heart disease today. So you see, the name of Beethoven opens the door of music. The name of Einstein opens the door of science. The name of Rockefeller opens the door of finances. The name of Gates opens the door of to the internet highway but the name of Jesus opens the doors of heaven and shuts the gates of hell aren't you glad about that today aren't you glad that the promises of God hinge on the name of Jesus and you cannot fail by proclaiming the name of Jesus over your circumstances over the challenges that you face and over the situations that are around you the name of Jesus in conclusion, I just want to remind you that we, the Church of the Living God, is pregnant with power, passion, and promise. 
a man who lived a homeless life from the age of 13 when his father died, now lay on his deathbed at 65 years of age. He suffered throughout his adult life, living in poverty. He lived a homeless life. He lived on the streets. He lived without, without a home, without money, without family. His brother found out and visited him at the hospital. He said, why did you run from the house? He said, well, when my dad died, our dad died, my mom's, our mom said I would have to quit school and work to support the family. He said, you suffered, you fool, without money, without your, a home, without family. Didn't you know that dad was a very wealthy man and he left you a great inheritance? You see, in the promise with the church, as I believe, that we've been given so much by God. We've been given passion, power, and promise. There's so much that God has given to us, so much that God has promised to us, that are promises that are still unfulfilled. Just like that man that had an inheritance that would have given him a great life in the natural, uh, we, the church, are living without the inheritance that God has given us. You know, we believe that an inheritance is designed to, to be given when a person dies. Of course it is in the natural. In the spiritual, somebody has already died. His name is Jesus. And we're the heirs of his inheritance. They rightfully belong to us. Just birth that baby today. Birth those triplets. Have your babies today in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we ask your blessings upon the listener today. We pray, O oh God, that you would fulfill the promises of God upon their lives. Lord God, that they would be filled with passion, Lord God. Passion for the purposes of God. They're not accidents waiting to happen, Lord God, but there's a purpose and a destiny for their life. A per passion for prayer, Lord God, that their relationship with you would become living very alive, oh God, and powerful and virtuous. And Lord God, that the power of God would manifest daily in their lives as they walk in miracles. I pray this in the name of Jesus, and I declare it and proclaim it over the listener's life today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>